Howdy folks, this is Dan Gross and welcome to Extended Harmony for Outside In Music. Outside In Music is a media company and jazz record label that connects artists with their passionate fan bases. Please visit us at our website, outsideinmusic.com, where you can see our artists and their recent releases, our podcasts, video interviews, and links to get in touch with us. Extended Harmony, what you're watching or listening to right now, is a monthly podcast that features musicians in the jazz, blues, and soul umbrella who create original music. We discuss their lives, influences, their creative processes, and some advice they'd like to pass along. Joining us today is saxophonist, composer and ranger, band leader, redoubler, an educator, and great person, Alexa Tarantino. She's originally from Connecticut, and this is another installment of our great Eastman alumni series. Uh, Alexa, I'm just going to call her by her first name, uh, is a true rising star in the jazz world, especially on the alto sax. Among many other things, she runs her own jazz camp, subs in with jazz at Lincoln Center, is a part of the Diva Jazz Orchestra, and uh, one or two other things. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and enjoy. Alexa, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I, I am very tempted to sort of go down a list and talk about everything that you do, but uh, we don't have time for a three-hour podcast, and I've had the pleasure <laughs> of interviewing Darn. you uh, a handful of times in um, the stuff that we covered previously that hasn't changed too much. Uh, for everyone listening and or watching, we'll provide a link for that so you can check it out. So Alexis, another installment of uh, Extended Harmony's Eastman Alumni Killing It series, that's the... Uh, that, that's the unofficial title so um we're there, there's going to be uh some stuff that we've covered before uh some some stuff we haven't but um alexa you are a native of connecticut and you found your way to rochester because of eastman and yes one thing that i think is um kind of an almost an underground part of the growing alexa mythology is um there was this earth wind and fire concert oh yes and yeah. you slayed it can, can you give us sort of like the backstage pass version of that because uh you went on stage and you played amazingly and we, we, we'd love to hear about that too but but i mean how did how did it happen i think i'm certainly curious to have the details on that yeah of course um that was that was definitely one of the highlights of my time at Eastman and mm -hmm. living in Rochester. And it, it came about because I was very fortunate to be a scholarship student mm -hmm. of the Belasco Family Foundation. Um, mm -hmm. And at the time, I had connected probably in my freshman or sophomore year with with um, David Belasco, um, who I think was sort of. Uh, probably leading the charge on that and just like had the really was was maintaining the connection and the network with with Eastman and, and trying to to meet the students that were the recipients of of um, their generosity. Mm. And so I connected with him through Bitchin Kitchen, which was <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, <laughs> I know of all things, 
Yeah, which was oh, my, um, my 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 great friend Owen Broder's mm. brainchild, and that mm-hmm. honestly was just like a huge. That was another highlight of my time, and I wasn't even I wasn't even playing saxophone in the band because Owen was <laughs> right? obviously you know the alto saxophonist. So, but it just seemed like so much fun, and you know it was all my kind of best friends, and so I was like, well, what what the hell? I'll just mm-hmm. be a backup singer. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's how I first met Dave Belasco because we, yeah. we did an event at his uh, uh, family home and it featured John Legend, which was pretty cool. They oh. had him as like the headliner and everything. So um, from there, you know, I think it was like a, it was a day during the jazz festival in June, like maybe a year later. And mm-hmm. I got a text from, from Dave, Dave Belasco saying, are you, are you near Java's Philip Bailey of earth, wind and fire is going to be at Java's like in five minutes. Oh and I was like, my what? <laughs> and I'm a huge earth, wind and fire fan because it's like what my mom kind of like raised me on like yeah. that music. And so I'm a huge fan and you know, all my friends think I'm so old and boring, but, um, <laughs> I'm, I like, yeah, I knew like a ton of right. the songs and I didn't, I didn't like know every song. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't like a, I wasn't that diehard, but I was, I knew with the 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 seriousness of the situation so i went over and i entered i just kind of like tapped him on the shoulder and introduced myself and i explained um that like we had a mutual friend through dave and that i was a recipient of his scholarship and he was like cool 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 and he was like where's your horn and i was like oh it's just across the street because i was living at um 111 Mm -hmm. on east at the time Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, we have sound check at four. Like, can you bring your horn over? Maybe we can put something together. And I was oh, like, oh, my, my God. God. <laughs> yeah. So I just walked in and everyone, it was at Eastman Theater. You know, everyone right. was so nice. And they were like, what do you want to play? And I, I was like, I'll play anything. And he was like, well, why don't we play something that you really know? Like, we don't have to play our music. We can mm-hmm. play like a jazz song. So we, we like this, we, um, you know picked a tune that we all knew and then we rehearsed it and then we did it live and it was great oh my god that's just you know i i end every interview i do with do you have any advice for aspiring artists and well i'll ask you that again we'll have about 20 Mm -hmm. minutes you can marinate on it but (laughs) it's really like that's that's one of those things where you know everyone's sort of tells you that it's important to have connections and you should just introduce yourself to people and i I know i'm one of these people because i don't like anyone telling me what to do but you know like that is that was such an easy i mean it took a lot of courage i mean it's philip bailey for god's sakes you know i mean like (laughs) like you said you knew the gravity of the situation but (laughs) but but that but that's really sort of uh one of these small scale poignant things like you just introduced yourself and not only did you have this amazing experience or you know you talk about it it's a formative experience but i mean that i mean that was that was kind of a launching point i mean i know you're 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 a rising star as i said in the intro and and, you know i know your career will continue to grow but that's kind of like a flashpoint moment you know where you can say like (laughs) yeah i did something this badass and uh, I can go from there, you know. So we'll ask again about the uh, the advice. But I I okay. I I'd feel remiss if I if I didn't uh, throw that <laughs> one out there. Um, the other thing I think uh, what really strikes any from the outside looking in about you is not just that 
it's not just your playing is so amazing. It's your commitment to education that is really important to all of us that are connected at Eastman, uh, like myself and other alumni, like our glorious leader, Nick Finzer, um, <laughs> who's very committed to educa- education as well. You've taught at uh, Birch Creek, which is uh, Jeff Campbell base teacher, uh, base faculty mm-hmm. at Eastman. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've also started your own jazz camp, uh, Rockport. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was actually another one of those kind of situations where I just went and in, in, introduced myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I had like the opportunity to seek out a, an internship in the music business field because I was an arts leadership program mm-hmm. student at Eastman. And so they basically fund your internship for you. And so I, I, um, I, my family is mostly based in, in the Rockport Massachusetts area. And mm-hmm. so that's where I would spend my time when I was not in school. And, um, it's a beautiful little like quirky beach town and I mm-hmm. didn't want to, I didn't want to leave. And so I, they have this nonprofit there that I noticed was programming mostly classical music. I didn't hmm. see too much jazz at the time. And I was just kind of curious, like I had, I had always loved being a jazz camp student, you know, all through middle mm-hmm. and high school. And I, and I, my dad was sort of the one that was like, maybe you should ask if they'll, if they'll want to start a jazz camp or like, at least you could like even work in the box office or something like just Mm -hmm. to get started. So we walked down there one day and I just knocked on the door and I said, is there someone I could talk to about education? I have an internship opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And the woman who, um, I almost missed her. She was like going to run an errand. She, we were talking and she actually also went to Eastman, Hmm. um, which was totally crazy. Her name is Stephanie Wolf. And she did her, I think she did her undergrad in violin and her master's in theory. Uh, Maybe in the, maybe in the eighties or, Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember the the exact year, but, um, yeah, we totally hit it off. And so I started out like, I was working in the box office, like stamping and mailing the tickets and everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, as part of the, as part of the job. And then also I, I garnered like five students and Mm -hmm. just worked, worked with them from like nine to 12 for like a week. And Mm -hmm. then we put on a little concert at the farmer's market and that was 2014. And now Mm -hmm. it's, um, I guess it's grown to this year this year there will be 11 of us teaching well wow. nine of us all to nine of us teaching and two two um young women from eastman that i've taken on mm. as as interns which is awesome so i'm kind of trying to keep that connection um through eastman because i think you know i'm just so grateful for the opportunity that i had to to make mm. this happen um and yeah, and we are hoping to stay consistent with our high enrollment. So we're hoping like between 120 and 150 students. Holy here. moly. That's yeah. impressive. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a I, lot. I, That's what I was doing this morning. I'm in, I'm sitting in my hotel room um, <laughs> and I have, you know, all the, all the papers spread out here. And so, yeah, yeah it's good. Right. Exactly. It's a. Uh... It's a way to flex the organizational muscles for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have this as a question for later, but you, you gave me a really good lead in here. Um, jazz is at, well, jazz is always at an interesting time. I think that's just sort of um, a reflection of what jazz is. Uh, but but right. jazz is also um, in, in sort of a, a parallel to 
what is happening in our culture around us with this uh, greater awareness of really gender and sex roles in society. And, and jazz has been notorious for a very long time of being a boys club. And right. there were a lot of stories that came out late last year about um, all of these sexual assault allegations about um, women uh, sharing their stories. I actually believe Lauren Sevian, your your bandmate in LSAT, uh, wrote yeah. about her experiences. And she did. So I think it's it's an interesting thing where, much like our current society, people are recognizing that, oh, hey, these things did happen for a, a really long time, but it's also, you're not only seeing more women in jazz, but it's not just the, oh, hey, I'm a singer and I've got a backing band. Uh, I've interviewed Katie Ernst on the show, who is a great singer, yeah. s- great singer, great songwriter, incredible bassist. Um, you and Lauren, uh, Lauren, excuse me, I, th- the list goes on. I could, I could name more and more, but <laughs> I, I just, I want to kind of get your sense of this on how you see the jazz environment changing in, in in this regard about how jazz becoming more aware of female artists everyone uh, there's more of a place for female artists now would you agree yeah I, yeah i do agree um i i it's interesting like i feel like i i see it from two different kind of perspectives mm. i see like um I guess I, because I spend so much time with, you know, male colleagues and friends, mm. I sort of see it. I try, I try to see like what the, what the experience is for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just like, have always tried to surround myself with people that, you know, are respectful and mm. that I aspired to like play like them or I admired their work ethic and their playing and their good friends and their, you know, mm-hmm. so, because like just of the nature of our business like it goes so far beyond just like how you can play it's also like nobody wants to hire you if you're if you're not easy to work with you know Mm -hmm. so in general like i always try to say like it's about being a good person first right um and i think that that's why like i i mean i have had very uncomfortable and i and like and unnecessary experiences with like Mm -hmm. harassment and like you know inappropriate uh whatever but I'm, I am also grateful for like the people that I know have always supported me and like Mm -hmm. kind of been champions and vouched for me. And so, um, so I think for the people that I know that are like good friends of mine, it's like, Mm Oh, Oh wow. Like we didn't even realize that all this stuff was happening, you know, because sometimes it's like easy to kind of let things slide and you don't even know sometimes Mm -hmm. you just don't really see things for what they are. Um, but then on the other hand, like I have heard all these stories from these women that are coming out and I'm also shocked, like coming Mm -hmm. out with some of these stories that I'm also shocked about, but then you, you look at them and you're like, Oh wait, like I was in a situation like that. And I didn't even realize, I didn't even think that that was, that was harassment. Hmm. So I think that everyone's eyes, like on either side, whether like you've been experiencing it or you haven't like are being opened and that's great. Um, but I also think like coming up as a young female, like I was always the only one. So I didn't, I wasn't really like making space 
mm-hmm. either. Like it, it sort of like generated this competitive environment where like there, like, you know, big band competitions, like there would be like the band and then maybe like the one female. Right. And it was kind of like, Oh, like, what is she doing? Like, what is she, does she sound good? Like, how does she play? You know? And mm-hmm. it's, so I, I, I think that that generated a, somewhat of a competitive, like there can only be one mentality. And now mm. I just think that and with like how enrollment is um, increasing for female students in jazz education programs and, um, and, you know, we're all, pl- everyone's playing at, you know, no one's lacking in ability, like people right. that are, people right. are getting recognition for their ability. Um, I think, yeah, everyone's realizing that it's time to make space. So it's yeah. great. All right. That, that was a really great answer. Thank you for your insight and perspective, Alexa. Really appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, people are kind of understanding, you mentioned that it's not just how you play, it's how are you to work with. Um, but if I may say, your, your playing is amazing and you're, you're <laughs> doing all of, the, uh, you know, all of this amazing stuff. You're subbing in for Jazz at Lincoln Center which i i mean i i don't even you, you know there there's a base right next to me that i'm filming and you know like i can't it's mind blowing to me to think that someone who's like not a legend is playing in that ensemble so for you <laughs> i really am curious I, i'm just when how, like how did the first opportunity come about how do you handle being in that situation how do, how do you p- prepare for it um, yeah, it was, I mean, that, that has also been one of the highlights of my career thus far for mm-hmm. sure. And I'm, and I'm really, um, grateful to Winton for the opportunity. It actually, I mean, I, I met Winton a while back when I was in high school through the essentially Ellington program, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we didn't, um, really like reconnect until, I had moved to New York a couple of years, been there a couple of years and like started teaching for Jazz at Lincoln Center. Um, but that, I mean, that was not through Winton. It was like, you know, through the people that work, work mm-hmm. in the offices. But um, I decided to audition or I was applying for Juilliard for my master's program. And mm-hmm. so I, he was at the audition. And so I did my audition, you know, made it to the final round. And I was like, oh, boy, you know, I don't know if I'm going to really get in like I, yeah. I wasn't sure that I played my best and you know you're always playing with a, with a rhythm section you've never met and mm-hmm. usually and and I was kind of like yeah well you know if I don't get in I, at least I tried because right. I had tried for another year prior and I wasn't able to to due to like uh outside circumstances like I, I wasn't even mm. able to attend the audition so mm. I was kind of like I sort of felt like this was my last shot <laughs> yeah um and uh, then I, I came home and I was like, OK, I'm proud of myself. Like, who knows what's going to happen? And then I got a phone call mm. that was like Winton. Uh, I got a phone call from a friend who said Winton just called me. He really liked your playing. He loved your playing. Hmm. Um, like, great job. And I was like, OK, Whoa. thank you. I think I think I got a text and I was like, yeah. OK, thanks. Like, that's amazing. Wow. Like, that's so amazing. I can't believe it. Like, why would he have called, you know, somebody? Why, why would Winton have called someone? <laughs> And then, um, and then I got like an email or a text, like a, a 15 minutes later that was like, are you available to join JLCO for these two weeks next month yeah. for a tour and the gala and blah, blah, blah. Like this is the details. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I like fell to the floor. I was like, oh my God. My roommates were like, are you okay? Like what's going on? Oh man. Um, and I, 
I mean, because that's really been, I love, I mean, I play in a lot of big bands. I love playing in big band. I love playing lead alto and mm. to sit next to, to be able to sit next to Sherman Irby, who I just right. think, you know, he's an, an incredible lead alto player. And, um, I just was like, wow. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I did. And as far as, um, I think you asked about preparation. Mm. I mean, I, they sent me the music and I just didn't do anything else. I mean, mm. I, I have like, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I'm a little bit of like an over preparer. Right. Um, and it can, it can sometimes be to a fault, but like mm. with this, I was just like, you know, I had a notebook and I was listening to all the recordings and making notes of like anything that they could possibly have done differently from what I'm seeing on the charts, like mm. measure, measure 49, like somebody like that he did a scoop here like measure right. 50 like they like they did a gliss here like they you know maybe this is an f natural like i did just it was just like anything anything possible that like could be different or that you know i needed to catch so i, I just right. that's all i did for like a month <laughs> well it uh it paid off <laughs> yeah and then yeah i had a great time and and they were so so uh gracious mm -hmm. and 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 warm and welcoming and i mean i was really nervous the first morning that i went in for rehearsal and mm -hmm. um but i mean i just i think that like my training both at eastman and just kind of like having freelanced in new york afterwards just kind right. of you know how to like walk into a situation and do a good job but it's like you know you can be freaking out on the inside it's okay <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, one thing you, you talked about in that answer that I, I wanted to touch on, uh, Nick has a sort of an ongoing series talking about jazz education. Uh, should you do it? W what's the continuation? Uh, so you mentioned applying for Juilliard. Well, um, I found out you got in because you did this promo video with them, which you just nailed. And... Uh, can you tell us about your decision to go back to school? What prompted it and, and, and what you're looking to get out of it, especially with the full schedule you're keeping otherwise? Yeah. Oh, Alexa, I'm sorry. You're breaking up a little bit. So can you, Oh, sorry. Um, let's see. Can you, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Take two. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I always knew that I, I wanted to get my master's and mm. um, if not, like at least my master's, because I w knew that I wanted to eventually hold a position at a college or a university mm. conservatory situation. Um, and it seemed like uh, when I was doing my undergrad, it seemed like the requirement was was heading in the direction of you needed to have a DMA hmm. or a PhD of some sort. And so I was like, okay, well, I definitely have to at least get my master's. And then I was sort of hoping that, you know, maybe I would be lucky, like, to, to have significant professional experience to kind of equate hmm. to the to the higher degree. But right. Um, yeah, and I and I also sort of felt like, you know, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't want to be, I felt like I was, I think that I was definitely scared. I was definitely a little bit scared of Juilliard at first. Like mm. I, I, I tried once and I, it didn't work out just cause of, you know, a family situation. I couldn't make it. And I was thinking maybe that's a sign that I could, that I shouldn't go. And, um, then I tried again and I was like, you know, I can definitely do this. Mm -hmm. Like, and if I don't get in, it's not the end of the world. But I think I was, I think I was afraid, like if I didn't get in, then right. I would just like feel like, you know, no one wants to get the one that got rejected. So, um, 
Yeah, but I just decided, like, why not? Mm -hmm. And I knew that, you know, that was really the only other school that I wanted to go to after having gone to Eastman. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially because I was, like, you know, basing myself in New York City, Mm -hmm. I thought it would be a great opportunity to further some some connections and networking. And also there were some, you know, kind of holes in my my foundation, um, just, like, in terms of my jazz uh, knowledge and mm-hmm. I, the things that I wanted to really um, sharpen up, and and they happen to be sort of uh, fundamental elements of of the Juilliard Jazz program mm-hmm. and mission. Right. So it seemed like a natural fit, um, and I'm really glad that I did it. I'm I'm loving it, and I'm having a blast. I mean, the 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 hard part is definitely main like trying to maintain my professional career which like i'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to constantly like build and trying to hustle more stuff but then it's like you have to make sure i can't you know can't <laughs> not be in school so i'm I'm just trying to like you know show yeah. everybody that i'm committed to them <laughs> right um <laughs> but that's I'm, yeah that was a great lead into my to my next question um I don't, so I'm not asking this from sort of a technical perspective i don't uh, you know but but how do you mentally keep yourself together and keep yourself sane through doing all this when you mentioned one of your personality traits is being an over preparer and being fastidious and being detail oriented but but how do you so i i guess actually the the crux of this question is uh, what do you do to maintain your mental health when you're doing all these things yeah um i am still working on it uh, but aren't we all yeah like totally still working on it but i actually and this is something that i that i heard from um winton a long time ago and now whenever i talk about it he's like you never got that from me like you're 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 telling me like <laughs> and i'm like he's like thinking that i'm i'm giving a lesson but i'm like no this is your lesson <laughs> but um he 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 like schedules his day down to the minute and mm. um and even and then and builds in his free time too so like says like like schedules your down you schedule your downtime and that has just been so helpful for me because otherwise i'll just take on so much and then look back and be like when was the last time i've eaten i don't even know and um the other thing is like i'm trying to get better about saying no to stuff Mm -hmm. because i i'm learning that like i'm always gonna be feeling like I'm the, just the type of person, like, I just want to give the people what they want. So, like, right. when someone asks me to do something, like, my my first inclination is to just be like, yes, and then, like, make it work. Mm-hmm. But by taking, like, even a day to, to just say, like, oh, hey, can I get back to you tomorrow and look at my schedule? Like, it actually allows me to, to really <laughs> look at right. if I can really make it work, like, instead yep. of just forcing it. So I'm learning to say no to things and also to just schedule time for myself. It's important. You know, we all have little little ways of keeping us sane. And, uh, you know, mine, mine is pick up basketball. Uh, I've had a little, one too many sprained ankles and broken noses. So <laughs> I, I think I might have to. Well, I can't jump. So that that's why it happens, you know. Um, yeah, maybe you need to swim. You have to do swimming. I actually do kind of have a swimmer's body. I've got these like bulldog shoulders and, you know, like cuts through the water. But I used to be quite a swimmer when I was younger. But uh, wow. Anyway, we got off topic. Uh, wrapping this up. <laughs> Um, we mentioned it earlier where this is the final question. We've, we've talked about a, a lot of stuff that can 
help anyone listening, um, but I like to phrase this question in this way, and we'll see what happens. Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Um, I would say, well, I guess I have a, a couple other things that, that we haven't touched um, on, on already, but I would say just write everything down that mm. you want to do. Like write, write everything down, all your goals, like no matter if they're not too crazy. Like I had it written down in 2014 that I wanted to play with the Jazz Lincoln Center Orchestra. And mm -hmm. then I wanted to do this and this. And like, if you, if you see those things on your, you know, on your bedroom wall like every day, right. um, it, it helps and it helps to move forward. And then I would also say like, just stay true to your, uh, voice and, and your like musical voice and also um just as a freelance musician like what feels right to you as on um, how to live your lifestyle and how you know create how to create your own routine like nobody is the same so right. it seems like everybody's supposed to do it this one way but really you can create your own adventure and i feel like mm. um outside in music um and nick finzer is a really good example of that because he is just someone that's doing everything and it's, and he's doing it all at a really high level. And, it, um, and it's a testament to his organizational skills and your organizational skills and everyone that's there just, yeah. um, like keeping it all together, but like doing what's right for you. Right. And, um, before we get you out of here, are there any upcoming projects you want to tease? I know LSAT's working on a new album, right? Yeah, um, yeah, LSAT, we, it's, it's, Lauren put out, a, is doing a record with Positone mm. Records, and, and so we did a few LSAT tracks on that, and then I'm, I'm going to be working with Positone this coming fall, um, I think, you know, just, uh, just going to keep plugging away with Rockport Jazz Workshop, got some touring here with Diva and Arturo O'Farrell, mm -hmm. and, um, going to be working on some more stuff for my quartet, which was at, we had a week at Dizzy's not mm -hmm. too long ago, and right. I'm going to try to start building that up. So yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> we will. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Alexa. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Alexa, turn to the quartet, Thank you.